This is a special edition of the Daily Signal podcast for Friday, November 6th. I'm Rita Del Judas. Today's show is another election edition. We still don't have all the election results, but we will be talking with Tom Ranieri, an associate attorney at Fauna Mendocino who has been working in Pennsylvania at the Election Day Hotline and will be speaking to me about what he has observed for the past few days. And please don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. I'm joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Tom Ranieri. He's an associate attorney at Fanon Mendocino. Tom, it's great to have you with us on the Daily Signal podcast. I am deliriously happy to be here myself. Well, thanks for making time to talk with us. Uh, First off, Tom, can you tell us where you have been working in Pennsylvania at the Election Day hotline and what you were observing? Certainly. Um, I was, as I would imagine many fellow people uh, similarly situated to myself, watching with increasing concern um, as the Democrats attempted to change the rules of the election over the last year uh, obviously, I think to make it more easy for them to pull the kind of tricks that I know that they've pulled in the past, having been from Pennsylvania, I uh, I didn't realize that they would be as brazen as they've been. But you know, um, and a cert- to a certain extent, uh, you know, as a Republican, you expect the Democrats to cheat a little bit, um, and so you need to be on you know you need to be on on hand to make sure to hold them to account, uh, make sure they follow the law, because uh, if left unobserved, they would just do whatever they wanted to do. So I reached out to the Republican National Lawyers Association and volunteered my time. I told them anywhere they needed me. Um, I'd be happy to go to Florida. I'd be happy to go to Pennsylvania. I'm from Virginia. I'd be happy to stay here. I just told them, send me where you want me, and I will go and be content. Um, and uh, I got, they got in touch with me a couple of weeks before Election Day and said, uh, we've decided that we really want you up in Pittsburgh. Uh, we have a bunch of people in Philadelphia, but we still need the Western Pennsylvania legal team to be bolstered, especially on election day. I said, oh, absolutely, I'll go. So I drove up after work on Friday, October the 30th, uh, to the headquarters of the campaign in Allegheny County, which I'm not going to tell you where that is because uh, I don't want it to be targeted. Um, but uh, I went up there and we got plugged in. And then for the first few days, what we did over that entire weekend and that Monday was we worked incredibly hard getting poll watchers and canvas watchers trained, signed up, trained, and credentialed so that they could legally observe the polls and legally observe the canvas locations. On Election day itself, I was asked to take the first shift. We had broken up the, the, the watching of the canvas into four shifts for that first day from um, 7 to 11, 11 to 3, 3 to 7, 7 to 11, uh, to have at least a couple of lawyers and, and several volunteers on, on hand to watch the, the pre-canvassers, that is the people, the people that are, are, are opening, verifying, and then counting the ballots that were sent absentee or mail in. Um, to watch to make sure that they they followed the proper procedure and law and that everything was done above board. So, Tom, you were there. What did you see specifically on Election Day? Can you kind of walk us through some of the things you observed as you were there? Well, the first thing that happened was I walked in to the pre-canvas location at 7 that morning, around 7.30, actually, and um, there was a line of people trying to get in to watch the pre-canvas. 
and um, this this guard came up to me, this Allegheny County um, worker uh, was manning the door and he was very agitated. I didn't understand why, but he very much wanted to talk to me. So he, he ended up talking to me for 15 minutes. And in the course of that 15 minutes, told me that he had observed them turning on the voting machine the day before. Uh, had He had seen them running ballots through it. And when he asked them what they were doing, they told him that they were just removing deceased people, but you're not supposed to do that until 7 a.m. on the day of the election. So that was probably a lie. So automatically, first thing I hear, eyewitness testimony from a county worker that they had been tampering with the machine in Allegheny County before the day of the election and had um, been counting or otherwise using the machine to get votes or to, to, to do something before they were legally allowed to do so. So immediately I'm thinking this is shady. I try to get in. I see the canvas location. Um, and then there are cameras in an entirely different section of the warehouse sort of pointed at where the canvas workers are working. Um, but they are, bad cameras they're not very good and there's only a few of them and they are placed so far away that you can see the people who are counting the ballots but you can't see the ballots they're counting which is the whole purpose of having a canvas watcher the canvas watcher is not there to watch the people he's there to watch the ballots the reason it's important is because the pennsylvania law for absentee and mail-in ballots states very clearly that um a, a, a no mail-in ballot is valid where the outer envelope is not certified by the elector, as I say, the voter. And if there is no secrecy ballot, that is to say, no secrecy envelope containing a ballot inside of the outer cert certifying envelope, it is not a valid ballot. It's called a naked ballot, and it should be put aside immediately. Um, and if the, uh, the secrecy ballot inside of the outer certification ballot has any markings which tend to identify the elector or his political preferences, uh, or in any way attempts to communicate um, to the person who's looking at the secrecy ballot, uh, the preferences or desires of the elector, uh, those are also immediately disqualified. They're, they're not valid votes and they should be put aside. Now, as you can imagine, you need to be able to actually see the ballot for that to work. You have to see the certification, you have to see the signature, you have to see the date and the address. You have to see that the mark, markings on the secrecy, there are no markings on the secrecy ballot, and you have to make sure there's a secrecy ballot, none of which you can do if there's a camera put up 20, minute, 20, 20 feet away from where the people are opening the ballots and you are put in another room inside of the canvas location away from the canvassers and given a couple of television screens with like teeny tiny pictures of these guys pounding votes. When asked, you know, David, this guy I know, uh, another attorney there, David, he asked, I think it was David, it may have been Kathy, uh, asked, well, all of this seems odd. It seems like we can't really observe the ballots, so there's really no point in being here, right? And he goes, yeah, that's the point. You know, we, we didn't, he literally admitted that the whole purpose was to keep us from, from watching the people counting the ballots. And you should have been able to and be in the room, but you, it sounds like I, you were per, like not permitted, correct? Oh, no, none of us were permitted to actually be in the same room as canvassers. And, and the fact of the matter is that that's not what the rules say. And, and as a result, we have no idea 
how many ballots were improperly cast. We saw them sorting and organizing ballots. We didn't know it, they were putting some ballots in one bin and other ballots in another bin. It's not necessarily sinister if you know what they're doing and why, but if they are refusing to tell you or allow or refusing to allow you to watch, uh, they could be doing anything. And uh, there's no way of, of knowing. Therefore, once the ballot is out of the envelope, it doesn't, that's it, right? That's the whole reason it's important to have pre-canvas watchers is because once the ballot is out of the envelopes, there's no way of telling whether it's a, a legitimate vote or not because it's just a ballot. So by doing that, they, in essence, are, were attempting to kind of present America with a fait accompli. Maybe we cheated, maybe we didn't, but we have more votes. Uh, well, who watched you count them? No one, but we did count them, and look, there are more of them. Well, okay, but you, it's, not, it's not a real election. You, you did it unobserved. You, it was, you, know, it, you could be lying about all of this, and there's no way for us to know because if you wanted to, you could just slip in a whole set of ballots that aren't properly marked or certified or connected to any particular elector uh, and count them and say, oh, look, Biden won, and uh, that's what I suspect they were doing. Um, they've been fighting us in our ability to watch the polls as well as the canvas and pre-canvas for the entire, the instant we started the election, they kept us from trying to see. Let me ask you, what kind of person tries to prevent you from watching people who are supposed to, or who are supposedly doing their jobs in an ethical fashion? Why would you want to stop someone from seeing that. I, I don't understand, except if you're trying to cheat, except for your, if you're not trying to be ethical. My only concern is that it won't matter because they have already counted so many of these ballots that are whose provenance or, uh, you know, uh, or integrity is completely unknown. And, uh, and they'll just say, oh, well, you know, that's just how it is. And then the, and then the courts won't want to overturn an election, even though it was stolen because it was an election and that would cause all sorts of political problems for them. And so the, the Democrats just seem to be banking on the fact that no one's going to want to make the necessary trouble to hold them to account. So Tom, as election day progressed, can you tell us about uh, what you observed uh, during uh, the day? Sure. After leaving the pre-canvas, I went back to the law offices where the main place for election day operations, EDO uh, in Pittsburgh, with around 35 other volunteer attorneys um, from across the United States. And um, the firm had set up a, a, a hotline. Now, we had heard, we weren't getting calls at first. And the reason we weren't getting calls was that apparently, I don't know if this has been confirmed or not, but my understanding from the people in charge was that the, the switchboard had been hacked and that there were a bunch of problems with it and, and none, no cars were being routed to us. So that took several hours to, to address. Uh, but during the course of the day, we received hundreds of calls from both voters and poll watchers um, reporting things such as, well, poll watchers were being, Republican poll watchers were being consistently ejected or refused entry to poll locations. In fact, one of the places the person in charge of the poll uh, said something along the lines of, I'm not going to, it, it uses a bad word. Um, but he said something along the lines of, well, they're on that Trump stuff, so we're not going to let them in. So there was things like that. There were in the Penn Hills, I know there were reports of poll watchers and workers wearing 
Black Lives Matter paraphernalia, which is a violation of electioneering law. The ACLU, along with Sunrise USA and several other leftist coalition organizations bound together to create something called like the Voter Protection Program or I don't know, some nonsense, um, obviously designed to do something different than what it says it was designed to do. So you had poll watchers wearing official lanyards that said like official vote protector uh, and we're offering to help people cast ballots, which again is illegal. You're not allowed to see another person's ballot. And you're also, unless underneath very specific circumstances, you're not allowed to be in the polling location. You have to be allowed to be in the same place where a ballot is being cast. Uh, if you are not an authorized representative of the person casting the ballot, but because they had these, these little lanyards, they, People were going up to them and they were helping them fill out ballots and they were helping them. They were talking to them about the election, all of which is just it's electioneering. It's, it's illegal. Um, you, you can put as much of, a, of an objective facade on it as you want to or say, oh, we're just trying to keep voter uh, voters protected. But it's not. You're not doing that. You're using it to influence the election. It's obvious. Everyone sees what you're doing. Um, there were reports of. Uh, so in the beginning, when in the very beginning of election day, what you want to do is you want to a poll watcher needs to keep an eye out to make sure that the the machine that counts the ballots is at what's called zero, so that you know that the machine had having been reset after the most recent election um, has not been used to count anything, and that you're starting from scratch. Multiple poll watchers were prevented from verifying. The vote total uh, was at zero on, on machines in several locations, um, which means, again, that it cast that entire precinct's voting into doubt because now we don't know whether or not it had been pre-populated with votes. Uh, this absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, of course. We don't know one way or the other, but it certainly doesn't increase our confidence in, in the vote totals for whatever precinct that prevented that from occurring. There were some places where the number of people in the, the official voter rolls uh, having been counted as having cast ballots was greater than the number of people who had been observed entering the polling location. Um, that's a problem because it indicates people were voting who didn't actually come, which means that we don't know who voted for them or if they even did vote themselves. Um, there were multiple there were multiple reports of people who had already been counted as having voted uh, despite not having received uh, an absentee ballot or having voted in the least. Um, even more egregiously, I'm, I'm just I, I understand that this is a uh, this is an orgy of bad news. Is, do you want me to conti continue? Am I giving, oh continue? No, we please continue. Okay. Um, one of the biggest problems is that in Pennsylvania, anyone can cast a provisional ballot, even if that person is not eligible to vote, um, because it allows us to, in case there is a problem, in case they were, in case the elector uh, had been lost in the shuffle uh, of election day, whether he had just moved to the state or county, uh, or it was his first time voting, or any number of things like that, um, you know, he may be eligible to vote. She may not be eligible to vote. There's no way of really knowing. So we allow them to cast a provisional ballot and then check the legal status of the elector after the election if they assert their ballot as being uh, true, genuine, and correct within three days of having cast it, um, which they should be informed of at the poll. Uh, this is important because it preserves votes that might otherwise go uncounted 
uh, which would otherwise be legitimate votes. So it's certainly something we would want to pay attention to um, and make sure that it was uh, done correctly and, and honestly. Now, many polling locations refuse to give people provisional ballots and turn them away. That's a real problem because, again, the understanding is that the Trump supporters were going to be coming out in force on Election Day itself. So any, you know, any attempt to prevent people from being able to vote uh, provisionally is an attempt to suppress the vote because the likelihood that the person coming out to vote on Election Day itself is a Trump supporter. So you're more likely than not to, to keep a Trump supporter from voting provisionally if you don't give them a provisional ballot. That happened a lot. Uh, there were chronic shortages of provisional ballots. They, they were turning people away. They were refusing to give people provisional ballots. And we had to send lawyers to several locations to force them to do it. And even then, once the lawyers leave, who knows um, if they continue to or not. Another type of vote that matters is, oh, so you're allowed to vote on the machines in person because in-person in voting is different than pre-canvas. So you have, you have essentially... Uh, four different types of voting. You have your normal in-person voting, which you know you, you you fill the ballot out and then you cast the ballot and it's counted when you cast it or near. It, you know you're marked as having voted and then it gets counted later. Uh, those are all. I mean, because those are all cast between 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. on election day itself. Uh, those are all. I mean, that that's very straightforward stuff. That those are good votes. And then you have your absentee and your mail-in ballots. Those are those are early voting, and they're called uh, so the the votes that you cast in in person on the day. Those are canvassed. Though those votes get canvassed. Your absentee ballots and your mail-in ballots. Those do not get canvassed. Those get pre-canvassed because they were not voted on election day. They are considered to be a legally inferior form of voting. It's still acceptable, but not it does not have the same legal strength or indicia of reliability as in-person voting does. And that's why you have these outer certification envelopes, inner secrecy envelopes, and then the ballot is to help bolster the credibility and security of mail-in voting. Those things are all pre-canvassed, again, starting on election day at 7 a.m. Um, then you have uh, the military and overseas ballots, those are uh, different. Uh, those are given much more uh, uh, leeway in terms of, uh, because they, they have a very special paper, they use a very special envelope. Uh, they're just different in the way that they're counted and we have it all really locked in because we know who's in the military, we know who the overseas citizens are. So those tend to be pretty reliable. Um, those get counted uh, once they come in um, and I'm not certain what they call that. I didn't do a lot of research into it. And then finally, you have designated election officials who will bring votes in from Dropbox locations because early voting ended the Tuesday before the election in Pennsylvania, but people were still allowed to, in essence, drop off their election day ballot early at designated drop boxes, which would then be locked at 8 p.m. and brought down to the canvassing location to be canvassed, again, having considered being voted on election day itself. Now, if they are postmarked, they are, the law is very clear that they, they can't be counted. Of course, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said that they can be. They're given the, the presumption of having been a valid vote, which is absurd because it, in essence, makes the other team, that is to say, anyone who wants to challenge the validity of a vote, 
uh, into uh, the unenviable position of having to argue a negative. This was not voted on election. There's no way of proving that um, if there's a presumption that it was. That means that anyone could just gather up a whole whole bunch of load of envelopes, thousands upon thousands of envelopes, not worry about putting a postmark on it. Now, it's very clear that the Secretary of State's directive um, about how to handle mail-in and absentee ballots uh, and other non-election day ballots is that they have to be delivered by the USPS and received by the Canvas location uh, that they're destined for. Now, if they don't have a postmark, they are technically in violation of the Democrats' order, the Democratic Secretary of State's order regarding mail-in ballots, but um, no one seems to care about that in Pennsylvania. Um, the, in fact, they pulled a dirty trick when um, you know the, the Supreme Court issued a stay. One of the main reasons the Supreme Court issued a stay was that the Secretary of State had sent a letter to the Supreme Court. The Secretary of State of Pennsylvania sent a letter to the Supreme Court of the United States saying, that here is the here's what we're going to do. We're going to sequester ballots that are voted after 8 p.m. on election day. We're going to sequester them, and we're not going to vote. We're not going to count them. And then once we deal with this whole trial, you know, once we deal with the whole legal issue of whether or not these ballots can be counted, then um, if we're allowed to, we'll open them and count them. The day before, and so the Supreme Court, based on that letter, gave that stay that that kind of led to the problems in Pennsylvania that we're seeing now. Um, the day before the election, the Secretary of State issued another directive saying that actually what they were going to do is they were going to they would they would sequester everything received after 8 p.m. But they were going to open they were going to open it, canvas it, count it, and since we're not allowed to watch that process, they could do whatever they wanted to, and it's a technical violation of the spirit. I mean, like if I'm the Supreme Court of the United States, I'm furious because. She is, the, the Secretary of State has in essence lied, right? She said that we would follow this procedure and then the very last second changed the procedure and in so doing changes the entire political landscape of the election and there's not a damn thing the Supreme Court can do about it. So she, so, is there any way that can be appealed? Yes, I mean, I'm certain it will be appealed, but how much damage is going to be done and how, like, the problem is that you already have news media people calling states for Biden and against Trump in which these abuses have occurred and the popular perception of the legitimacy of one candidate or another is going to be affected by what the government officials say and we know that the news media has an axe to grind so we know that they're going to use every and any and everything to make their case that Biden won regardless of any cheating abuse election interference by domestic actors or any other illegal activity. They're going to ignore all that and they're just going to make it sound like this was a democratic thing, a democratically elected government, you know, uh, president and that President Trump is just sour grapes. Um, and so the, the real issue, and this is what they planned all along was to basically just, it does, I mean, they, they're going to cheat and then everyone's going to cover for them and not everyone's going to know about it. And then people will think that they didn't steal the election when they did. Well, the fact of the matter is that when you see the same kind of uh, behavior across entire like different states consistently, like so if you see Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, all were doing the same stuff, all the government, all the Democratic government officials, the governors and secretaries of state and, and uh, 
um, attorneys general were all pulling the same stuff at the same time. And they have all been fighting the ability of the Trump campaign to witness what's happening. That is not something that happens by accident. That's coordination. They are coordinating and have been coordinating. And that coordination is malign. I mean, it'd be fine if they were just coordinating like anyone else coordinates. Like, we need to make this argument to the American people. We need to get these people out to vote. We need to. That's all good stuff. Like, that's what you want to have happen. But the coordination where you are deliberately trying to flout election day laws that ensure the integrity of elections and then essentially just present everyone with a fait accompli, a, a regardless of how true it is or not, a definitive statement, okay, here's who won and now shut up about it, um, is uh, I, can't, I can't interpret it as anything other than um, corruption. Well, Tom, given the fact that uh, we've talked about how there have been so many people uh, that have potentially voted illegally, I know that there are at least 21,000 dead people uh, on the voter rolls uh, in Pennsylvania. And then given the fact that you talked about ballots are being counted you know, days after the election ended, even though the Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, allowed that, how likely do you think that it is that this will be going to uh, the Supreme Court? I would give it a 90% certainty because I think we're having a, I think we're, we're gonna have a Bush v. Gore election. And, um, you know, we're gonna have to listen to another four years of when Trump wins, which I do believe he will win uh, if, if we're successful in the, you know, if we're successful in the courts, if we, we get these problems addressed, uh, we'll have to, we'll be, we'll have to endure another four years of the left, like acting like he didn't win the election properly. First it was election interference by Russia. And apparently now, uh, it's, I guess, voter suppression. I don't, whatever it is, they're, they're not going to accept the result unless it's what they want. And, um, and, uh, so it's going to have to go to the Supreme court because they're, I mean, like, listen, they have so exposed themselves at this point. The left has so exposed themselves and the news media and academia and all of them as the hacks, the partisan hacks that they are completely incapable of objectivity, that if they don't win, their entire world is going to crash. That's why they're fighting so hard is when Trump won, all of a sudden their little gravy train came to a halt and it wasn't as easy for them to take money from China. It wasn't as easy for them to do all the things they have been doing that kept the America in decline. This is, and I'm telling you why it's going to go to the Supreme Court. It's going to go to the Supreme Court because the fact of the matter is that for the past year, the news media and the Democrats have been lying to the American people uh, about the polls and everything else. Uh, they have been manipulating votes. They have clearly corrupt and are unafraid of, of uh, misusing government resources for their own political aims. And once you've revealed yourself to be power hungry and unprincipled, you don't get to win elections again um, unless you force it down the throat. You, you, you brute force it in. And this entire election is a, an attempt for the, by the establishment to brute force re-control over the federal apparatus it has to go to the Supreme Court because they will not give in otherwise. And even then, I'm not certain they will. 
Well, we're running out of time, but two more quick questions. First off, uh, we've been talking about litigation in Pennsylvania. Uh, there are several lawsuits currently in the state with the Trump campaign filing a new lawsuit against the Philadelphia election officials and Republican lawsuits that are basically alleging uh, Deputy Election Secretary Jonathan Marks violated state code by notifying Democrat Party representatives of ballots that were rejected before the polls closed. Uh, do you have any perspective on these since you were on the ground in the state? The, you know, my perspective is, I mean, I, you know, it should be unsurprising, of course, since I work for the campaign, but my perspective is that they're, they should win on the merits. Um, the, the stuff that I was seeing and hearing is utterly unacceptable and in, and in direct contradiction to both federal election law as well as Pennsylvania election law, as well as several safeguards guaranteed by the Constitution. Um, and therefore, unless, you know, um, you know, Anything that happened in the courts, they're stupid judges and they're smart judges. Um, and this is another reason why it's going to end up in the Supreme, a bunch of things are going to end up in the Supreme Court because you're going to get inconsistent rulings from lower courts who are frightened of losing their position, who are frightened of being targeted by the left, who are themselves malign or bad people who just want to give uh, the election to Biden. And there'll be some people who you know, are the same way for Trump. I'm not going to say that there's not bad people on both sides, but you're going to get a bunch of inconsistent rulings from the lower courts, and then it's going to get appealed to higher legal bodies because it's much more difficult to pull fast ones in appellate courts. Um, and so I would imagine that a good number of them are going to end up in the Supreme Court, not least of all, the fact that uh, this Philadelphia judge, the GOP went to him, this just happened recently, but this Philadelphia judge uh, denied the Republicans, um, I think it was an injunction, motion for an injunction, because they were let into the canvassing area, the canvassing um, place or the pre-canvassing place, but they still couldn't see the ballots. They were being prevented from watching the ballots, which is we've established is the only important thing. And the guy was like, well, you're let in. So what do you care? Well, because we can't see the ballots, man. I mean, like you, that's the whole point of us being there. So that and then you have the sheriff who refuses to uh this philadelphia sheriff who refuses to to follow the court's order to let people in the canvassing locations i just think that there's been so many abuses by so many government officials at this point that um we're going to need the the input of some impartial arbiters in the form of the american appellate the third circuit appellate courts and the and the united states uh supreme court well, lastly, Tom, this whole conversation, in essence, has been about a potential fraud, but just to address it uh, head on, I know there are many voters uh, throughout the country right now who are concerned about fraud and how ballots are being counted, what's going on in these canvassing areas. Uh, since you were there, I mean, do you have concerns about this election resulting in potentially being illegitimate or significant fraud occurring? I'm deeply concerned that there is a pattern of widespread fraud and election abuse in Pennsylvania, which could have resulted in hundreds of thousands of ballots being improperly counted, uh, basically hundreds of thousands of invalid ballots being counted as though they were valid. Now, whether or not that means Biden gets those votes or Trump gets those votes, I don't know. I would, I mean, because they're trying to hide it, I would say it's probably Biden 
because they're Democrats. But again, that would be supposition. I'm not certain about that. The only thing I know is that the votes are there is I have a I have a very low level of confidence in the integrity and credibility of the Pennsylvania voting results. Well, Tom, thank you so much for making time to speak with us today and to share all your eyewitness accounts of what you've been observing in Pennsylvania. It's been great having you with us. Thank you so much. I, I'll be honest with you. I was worried that no one would listen to me. I was so upset by this that I, I tried to talk to several people and, and I, a lot of people just didn't seem to think it was important. I don't understand why, but I thank you for taking the time to listen to me and, and for caring about what I saw because I felt so, I mean, I, honestly, I felt really alone. And now I feel much less alone. So I'm grateful to you for that. Well, thanks for being with us. And that'll do it for today's special episode. Thanks for listening. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. We will be back with you all on Monday to share more election updates. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.